This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Let's read together as we start this morning. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 10. The Bible says, I want to read verse 8. Verse 8, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. He that digget, let's read together. One, two, go. You see why you should not dig a pit at the back of your house? <laughs> he that dig, one more time, let's read together. He that digged a pit shall fall into it. And if the serpent shall bite. We want to begin to talk about how people grant Satan access into their life. How Satan has sex or gains access into the life of a Christian. And this is a kind of warfare kind of message. Not warfare in shouting against demons, but in understanding how to keep force of darkness out of your life and out of your family. The Bible says, He that digs a pit shall fall, also breaketh a hedge. That means there is always a hedge around God's people and when it is broken, the serpent strikes. Then we can say that the serpent cannot strike except there is a broken edge. So if the edge around you does not break, the serpent cannot strike you. Then every apostle should then think about what is the edge and what breaks the edge. Again, before we sit, the second scripture that we refer to severally is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. And I want us to read it again together. Now, this is letting us know something. Ephesians, neither give place to the devil. You know, I love the Bible so much, quite direct. So it means again that just like I said that if the edge does not break, the serpent cannot strike. Again, if no place is given, then Satan cannot have a place that man does not give to him. Hallelujah. In other words, for, for him to operate, a person must give him that space. So the Bible says it's up to you Give Satan no place. It's a direct instruction. So if I keep this word, that means it is possible that I live a life where I don't grant him access. God bless you, you can have your seat. Is that strong enough for somebody? Hallelujah. Hmm. Wow. And then, of course, you know, in John, the Bible said the team come enough. But to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10 10. He said, But I come that they may have life. So the mission of the thief is well defined. And here is how it works. And this is why I'm sharing this with us today. 
Once you are a believer, God surrounds you. He builds a hedge around you. Because of the blood covenants, you are protected. But what God will not do. Now, there are, in the realm of the spirit, there are parallels. And I've, I've said about this before. There are some similarities or some principles. If I say similarity between Satan and God, so people will quickly jump on that message. So there's a pastor saying that. So there are general principles about the realm of the spirits. One of the principles is what we have just read now. Man must give them a space knowingly or unknowingly before they can assess or gain entrance. Did you get that? So, just like the serpent is at the back of the edge, waiting for a breaking point or a crack. Crack does not even do the job. It has to break. Serpent hides somewhere behind the edge, waiting for an opening. Jesus also said that, I stand at the door and I knock. So, the way the Bible says, give no place to Satan, also you can give place to Jesus or not give it. Is that true? Yes, sir. So Jesus said that I stand at the door and I knock. It is up to the owner of the door. He said if anyone, some will open to me and some will not, but I will not force myself on any. The same way the serpent is always behind every edge. But he is helpless until an opening is created. How do we create opening? There are about three or four things we want to look at. I will start with the first one. The first one might run into second and third service because it's broad. Hallelujah. But I, I, at times I like to go layer by I just want everybody to go out of this place this morning with an understanding that except I give space to Satan, he has no way to operate in my life. So when I see his operation in my life, I must have left a door open somewhere. Oh Lord my God, when I'm in awesome wonder, consider all the works thy hands are made. There's a scripture I want to read. I see that star. First Chronicles 21. First Chronicles 21. I just want to read verse 1 from this scripture. When this meeting is over, you will live from victory to victory. Amen. Remember that the Bible says that the cause of the costless shall not come. Something must be a foundation on which spirits stand to operate. Whether the Holy Spirit or spirits, evil spirits around. This is a very deep story. But we'll just touch on it a little bit this morning. The Bible says, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. This, if you read the rest of the story, is what many of you know, how many thousands died in this story. That the angel got to a point that 
he was even about to enter Jerusalem, angel of destruction. And he stretched his sword over Jerusalem, Operation Killer was about to start. Then God told David, and if we get there, this might be the part of what we talk about. We can use the blood to make atonement for errors of the past. Otherwise, see, the reason why God will not hold anything against you is because Jesus paid. Under the system of justice, you cannot slap somebody and when it's time to slap you, start praying that God have mercy. You are trying to rob... Are you getting what I'm saying? And it is very easy for mortal men to understand. All of you will feel bad. If you see a robber who just killed somebody, like we are seeing some terror, and then they release them and nobody's doing it. It will annoy you. Because inside you, you know that there should be justice. Somebody comes, he carries a metal, and he breaks your car, your windscreen into pieces, and he's walking away. And then the police look at the case, they look at the guy, and they leave there. Even those who don't know you will get angry. This is injustice. So God created man. There's a part of God that is in every man. That's why you hate injustice. Until you are the unjust one. But as long as it is somebody else. You understand? That's how it works with man. When Prophet Nathan came to David's house, and the first of us started in parable, he said there was a rich man. He said, no, there is. Not that there was. So he did as he was talking about somebody in, in David's town. He said, with many, many animals, and then there was a poor man, there's a poor man with just one animal, and the rich man's friend came, and the rich man did not say anything to entertain his friend with any of his own animals, and he went to take the one that belonged to that poor. David said that, I swear that man will die. So Nathan let him land. The man will die. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, the man. Now the man shall not die. <laughs> he said, Lord, that's how it works. You know. <laughs> but there is that part in every man. So I said that to say a cycle of evil will not break by itself. A higher law must be brought in. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, the invisible things of God, they are understood by visible things. So in other words, God is invisible and his operations are invisible. But God has created some things on earth that when you study those things, you understand God. For instance, if you study the wind, you understand the Holy Spirit. Jesus said so. So there are things. So like God allowed the principle of aircrafts so that you understand how one law can actually uh, submerge another law to operate. And if, if the second, if there's no second law, it has to take a law to suspend another law. Did you get that? Otherwise, the first law will keep running. And I think Newton, I Newton can, can even, even uh, uh, captured it very well. So it is only when the higher law is operating that a smaller law can be suspended. The lesser one will always give way to the stronger one. So if you throw an object up, it has to come down. But aeroplane will defy that because it's operating another law. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So David said, um, the Bible says that Satan stood 
and he moved David to number the people. Again, this was towards the end of David's life. The serpent had been hiding. They called this guy a man after God's heart. I need to deal with him. But there's no way. I have to get him to do something. So before evil strikes, before Satan gains opportunity or entrance, he must move you to do something. And there are three realms in what you can do. The first one is the one I want to start with. Before David knew us, I see that, you know, <laughs> the more he's been waiting for you to stumble, the more upright you are, the more Satan will deal with you when you give him the opportunity. When I was this, we found out that those who were cheaters, who were good, in every exam they must cheat. They were never caught. But a good person under pressure once. You know, there are ladies who are veterans in sleeping around. Pregnancy, it doesn't catch them. But there is this Christian sister, she only slides once. It's as if the same spirit that is keeping many barren, keeping them from having children. Satan will tell those people that, please, let go. She must be pregnant. When good people make a mistake once, chains of events will follow. Have you noticed that? Yes. Because the serpent is angry. So if you have kept the edge for a long time and you have kept him out for a long time, he is upset. The day he has the opportunity. That's why you must not give him. You would have supported David when the destruction started. I kill, I kill now. Okay, I number the people. Why should thousands die? But he couldn't kill those people. He couldn't wreck that havoc in that land until he got David to do something. The first thing, the first area where people stumble and open the door for the enemy is what that you speak. Please write it down. Lord. Um, Daniel 10 12. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst said thy art to understand and to chasten yourself, that's to fast before God, thy words were heard. Everybody read the last part together. I have come for thy words. There are words that you speak and angels respond. And there are words that you speak, you just open door wide for demons. Words are not ordinary. Mm. Are you with me? One aspect of Christianity that we must know is the fact that you must learn to order your conversation arise. The cause of the costless channel or the first error is that people say something 
and Satan holds on to it. Hallelujah. Many have made wrong statements. You are now trying to pray. Now, in James chapter 1, or James chapter 3, sorry, James chapter 3, James started talking about this, about the tongue. Then he said that sheep, though they are big and they are driven by the wind. Actually, in original scripture, James was saying that when you look at a sheep, you will think they are being driven by the wind. But he said that the wind is not the issue. It is what is called the ruder, which is like a tongue. That's what the Bible says. Now look at it. Behold also sheep. We don't they be so great. The size of a sheep is very large. And now, King James says driven by fierce wind. It appears to be driven by fierce wind. If you are an if you are uh, in a pill, you will think that what is controlling the direction of the wind or of the sheep is the wind blowing. But the Bible is saying that though the wind truly is blowing, but they are turned about with a very small elm, would not swear the governor. So the wind of the person who owns the steering is what determines where the ship goes, not the wind blowing against the ship. Hallelujah. Your journey. Ah. So, in Numbers 14, maybe this is where I will stop this service. Numbers 14, this whole thing started. Can you project for me? I want where they were being. It's 14, 20, they said that the world was bought. That's verse 20. I'm going to verse 28 here. But let, let's start from, as you have spoken in my ear, so will I do to you. God said that to them in anger. He said, you know what? What I have heard you say is exactly what I'm going to do. Now, the beginning part of this one, just go to chapter 13. When Moses was commissioning those 12 spies. And, and I think I will stop there. Chapter 13, Numbers 13. And these were the names. Let's start from verse 5. Of, after the names. Go down. More and more. Verse 18. Oh. Now, let's start from 17. Moses sent them to spy the land and said unto them, Get up this way, southward, go into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that therein dwell therein. Number now, after I use, you will see word and opposites. Let's count how many. See the land, whether they be strong or weak. Say one. What's the second one? What's the third one? The land they do, whether it's, it be. What city they dwell in, whether they be. Next one. Whether it be fat or. Number five. Whether there be wood in it or not, number six. What, just looking at this thing, what can you notice here? Moses never told them. He never took any position about the promised land. For every single word he gave a promised land, he gave word and opposite. He said whether the land is lean or fat, good or bad, whether there are many or few. 
The promised land represents your future. Your future is neither good nor bad. It depends on who is looking at it. Majorly, what to say about it. They got there. Ten believed the other reports. Two believed and the ten died in the wilderness. Some things that people think they are up to God, they are not. Words, the first seed you are given in your life is the word. If a person gets to a point when he is broke, he has nothing material to give, he has nothing. He is not broke if he has words. Because in the beginning was the word. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. See, this is a very serious matter. Very soon I'll begin to ask you how many seeds of words you have sent to your future and how many wrong words you have said. Believe me sincerely. If you ever say in a conversation with a friend, that was what the Bible said, that do not say before an angel that it was just an error. Except I travel out, it looks like I really prosper more. You will think it's over. Many have said things about women and about men. 25 years after, in your marriage, everything begins to... What? You will have to kill the wrong words you have spoken. And I will show you by the place of the blood. So that they don't... Whether you remember or you don't remember, you don't wait for the fair to catch up with you. If you wait, you have planted a seed, it will grow. It will grow. Are you with me? <laughs> oh Lord Jesus, I want to stop here. You see, I learned it's a kind of um it's a little, maybe a, the mood we increase second service. But I'm trying to live. I want to, so I can't flow very, I want us to get what I'm saying. But let me as well, let me say this as, let me just say this right now also. If you are not a man or a woman of prayer, you will never be able to control your words. When we preach like this, people begin to plan not to say something wrong. But within two days or three. Because you will always have to respond by your emotion or by your spirit. And if you're, not, if you're not a man of the spirit, you are going to speak by your emotion. Second service, I'll begin to show them when the serpent does not find a crack, a space, it pulls up a situation when you call it wrongly, when you wrongly label it, you open the door. Is somebody hearing me? Many people don't know. This is very, Lord. <laughs> when God created man, God never, he never named any animal. He told Adam to. And the Bible says, remember, that was the state before the fall. God said to Adam, now the Bible records that whatsoever Adam called the name, that was the name. God only brought those things 
those animals to Adam to look at. And Adam had the authority. So, a lion came. God didn't say this, a lion that can tear. It was Adam that said so. God only signed it. He just put the sign of approval. Is that what you call it? Okay, that is it. You call this a whale, swallow other fish, that is it. From that time, Karuski, Satan has stolen that principle. It brings a situation to you that you might call it a name. It is cancer and it stays. I don't want to mention his name, but he's a very popular guy in America. Post-trade cancer disappeared after like two months or so. The doctor looked at it. They started shrinking. He said for those two months, from the time they told me the hospital till the end, he never used the word cancer. He said that thing is going. And this why I'm asking why. He said, I will not sign. He said, once you call it, whatever name you call it, when you say in conversation, people make all these things. I was in the sun and a man walked in. And I said, Is there any young man that is richer that is not a thief? It's going to make it difficult for his son. You have said, Except my son steals. In this present day Nigeria, he cannot have money. Then he's in church praying for the prosperity of his child. And when you do that in the realm of the spirit, you are creating a crossfire by yourself over your own head. And be sure of one thing, the negative will always prevail. Because this art is closer to hell because of the fall of man. That's why the only thing that grows by itself is weed. I said that to say to everybody, if you say nothing, negative things will still grow. In original Christianity, you can't keep quiet. Why did Jesus, why did Jesus, why did he have to say, destroy this temple and I will build it in three days. There was nothing Jesus did that he did not first of all talk and talk. Even he said that Lazarus is sleeping, we are going to wake him up. Everything he did, he first of all said them repeatedly before they happened. He was sowing the seed for the harvest of what will happen. You can't keep quiet. Ah. How many blessed people are here? Hallelujah. Do you say it every day? Ah. Let, let's, let's close with Matthew. Matthew, is it 12? Uh, where the Bible says, by your words you shall be justified. So, you know, there are statements that Jesus made that some Christians are not aware that Jesus said so, even though you've read it in the Bible. He said, Matthew 12, 37. Did they really say so? Then, if Jesus said so, anybody who does not obey this is in trouble. I was in my room one day, many years back. I read this scripture. I trembled. Sir, it's like this scripture is suggesting that it is not God that determines who is justified and who is condemned. So the king sits on his throne. This is the king talking, Jesus himself. By your words, you shall be justified. By your words. So even the results we get from God, it's not up to God, it's not up to Satan, it's up to your words. So, 
either one, you are going to draw either one into your situation. Either God or Satan by your words. So there are things I can begin to say and I am condemned. God loves me. He's paining him. But there's nothing he can do. I sentence myself into condemnation. And there are words I can speak and I'm justified. Be magnified, O Lord. You are highly exalted. And there is no you. You know there are Christians that they should not describe negatively anything going on. It's almost impossible. That is the first deliverance that many need. Once something does not go there, when they start talking. Some will even reach out, Pastor. Nothing is working. Yet you walk on your leg to the pastor's office. And nothing is working. You think you are describing something, but you are opening doors. This last part of Satan showing you something and tempting you to call it by name is the most common thing among Christians. So there is just two weeks period where it looks like you are down financially and you are endorsed. He is bringing a check, asking for your signature, Odenba, sign. I'm, I don't know what is going on. It's like, it's, it's like money is just not staying with me. Everything is just falling apart. Just one week, one month. At times, God allows him to be able to appear to be tampering with somebody in your life for one month. But what are you going to say? Okay, this is the third time you are falling sick. And then you are beginning to say that. See, it looks like sickness. And then you say something. And then, whatever name he called it. When this meeting is over, when you want to talk, if you catch yourself about to quickly adjust this is why praying in tongues is very important. When Pastor B, the first two, three years of our marriage, I for some reason just couldn't conceive. And when she finally had one, it was a topic, and then they had to remove one of our. I don't know whether she would like me telling the story, but we passed that level. We have grown up, the kids are growing up. That but then, at that time, I remember that when they brought her back home after the surgery, now the situation now looked more hopeless. I was just praying in the spirit. I sat at the sitting room, and a friend of mine called from abroad. I don't know. Normally, nobody discusses that kind of thing with me. He just said, how are you? And so I said, is your wife pregnant now? He came from my spirit. I said, yes. And a month after that, she got pregnant. Deliver without real labor pain. Seamlessly like that. Men and brethren, listen to me. This word is a war zone. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just looked at something now. Psalm 50, verse 23. I will stop here. Whoso offered praise. Everybody read it together loud. That word conversation represents two things, conduct and at the same time conversation. So there is a place that God demands that you order your conversation aright. All that hence Solomon, what he got. The Bible said the speech that Solomon made pleased the Lord. When God said, what do you want? He spoke in a way that pleased God. Anytime you speak by faith, you please God. For we look not at the things that are seen. Second service, I'm going to go into something deeper. I have seen the realm of the spirits and open realm. Anybody can dream. If it contradicts God's word and you accept it. Because it starts with your word. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to talk about the words of other people towards you. That's another way. 14 years ago, somebody said he saw me in a pool of blood. I said it must be the blood of Jesus. And the whole thing was sealed and cancelled that way. If I ever repeated it to somebody, now as at that, that time, as at that time, I knew that the spirit of death was haunting after me. Maybe it should be about 17 years ago, 18 years ago. I was messing about it then. I remember on one occasion I entered bus coming to Lagos. The bus was about to move. As they were moving, I just tapped the driver. I shouted, stop, I'm coming down. Ah, they abused me. All of them in the bus. <laughs> but I didn't care. I just felt like, get down now. About the same time, I was going to pray. I was going to Lautech. The trailer came. I sat at the front. Hit the glass, hit the mirror. The thing dented inside and just stopped just before me. And I still continue. Around the same time, we came to somebody in Lagos. We're running late. We wanted to go to the island. I said, and a friend. And from Bega, I took a bike to Obale. And that one took Tormeland. And the car hit us on Tormeland from behind. We fell beside the bridge, clo close to the water. We got up. The man pulled up the bike, started again. In what? We jumped on it again. <laughs> we are going to where we are going to. You know. <laughs> <laughs> a few of those things I've repented of now. When you are student, when you are student, so some of those. One day I carried somebody, and they were traveling somewhere, and I was just on 140. Said you are speeding. Ah, I said I've repented. If I carried you, I started driving from before I entered. You I said if I carried you as a teenager, I started driving. When I was around 18, 19, 20, if I carried you, then you will know. Only one knows how many people come to report us to my parents. Who will see us on the express? I had a plan then. I had a, my son and brother had a car when, when, when you I. I'll be going to Ibarra, my father's car. I, my plan was to overtake every vehicle on the road. And that nobody must overtake me. And in those days, nobody did. Yeah. I remember the day I was on 170. Yes. Well, you see, <laughs> when you grow, <laughs> common sense will grow, so <laughs> you have to stop some things. 
And interestingly, I never just had any accident or anything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you with me? I remember one day. <laughs> it's that one I wasn't speeding much, it was within town. And our first born up our daily, the one born up our daily was we made the car. And he got angry about the way I was driving and he told me to park. And I didn't want to answer him, but he forced his way that you are park, park, park. And then he, he said I moved to the other side. So he took the car. Before he moved from like from here to that junction, he just went to hit a trailer. So <laughs> I sat at the back where I was. <laughs> so when we got to my father I said, What I said, ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Are you with me? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is someone blessed this morning? Speak to the point that you discover yourself in the Bible. Your story and your future, they are here. Inside your spirit, you will start having a pull towards a particular scripture or a character in the Bible. But it is better scripture. We will, we will talk about this second service. The only people you should allow to speak the word of God to you are people that you are connected to truly spiritually. Be careful. I see dangers in this family. That is the serpent knocking. The apostle saying it might not mean evil, but you are accepting it. The realm of the sea, they don't recognize mistake or ignorance. If anyone will bring a word to you that you, are, you must accept, it must be somebody who has also been praying for you and praying with you, whose prayer and decision you can trust. This is why this idea of believers in this church and then listening to all kind of, some will injure themselves. When it can't get you to say the wrong thing, it will make someone else say it around you. A voice that you might recognize and respect. And when you are sick, I'll be a boss in the office. Let's rise. That will be the first two. Is somebody blessed this morning? You know, the Bible said that through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. God will change our nation because of mercy. Because we all speak evil about our nation every now and then. Niger. Uh, and then you start. Then you are praying for Nigeria. Then you get up from your news and speak evil further. Uh, is it not Nigeria? You will say that. I say things. God has you are using small, small things to correct me. You know, we all do stupid things at times. There was time I hated police. Ah! Because what I've seen them do to people. So I was going to a bad road. The guy just stopped me. And about two experiences like that. That was one. And he, he just said that I see God. He said, he asked for my plane. What's your plane number? Now, all my, 
all my life till now, I don't know the number of my any of my cars. I don't know the number. I don't always know. I just believe that the number is there. So go out and look at it. So the police said, <laughs> and I said, what is your business with my plane number? And I went on, and the man kept quiet. And he said, you're very mad, sir. So I just felt that if you are going somewhere, say, God forbid, something happens, and they say, write a statement about your car, you don't know the plane number. He said, I don't know why I'm telling you, sir, that you should know about your plane number, that I was just about to tell you that. He said, but see the way you have attacked. Ah, I became guilty. So I didn't want him to see my Bible. I would say, so you're actually a pastor? He goes, I, just, I, was just, I was just angry. The second one, where a group in you had our tire punctured and the police came out and we, we told them, don't touch our car, we know where you are going. And one of them just brought Will Spanner, the other one brought Jack, and then they jacked everything up, ripped it and changed it back. And the guy just looked inside and said, all you say, police are bad, police are terrible, please. Tell people also, some police just help you change your tire and they walked away. All of us just are there. We did not expect that Hallelujah. The way we talk about our nation. Many of you stand here, you hate Nigeria. The way we talk, we are not expecting anything good. But then we are all praying. Oh God, visit our nation. But two hours after that, oh Lenny Boguan. Then you, and then you say things from your heart. And you know what? When the service ends, only those who stay in the spirit will be able to obey what I'm just saying now. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to stop here this morning. Somebody bless. <laughs> Give God praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us to be doers and not hearers only. Grace to do, we receive this morning. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hello, thank you for watching us. We don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, um, after listening to God's word like this, and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him. And it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to implore you now to give your heart to Christ. And by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now. And I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.